What is our mission? What is our mission? What has the Lord Jesus Christ put forth as our mission together? And that's what we want to explore this morning as we receive new members and as we renew our vision and our mission. And let me just appeal to every one of you who are seated here today. God wants to speak to you about your mission, friend. If you're a member here of Palm Vista and have been one for many, many years, God wants to renew in you your mission. Or another way of saying your commission. John's a commissioned officer in the Air Force, which means he receives a mission. He's commissioned to do that mission. And God this morning wants to speak to you, member of Palm Vista, and renew that mission, that commission that you have from the Lord. And if you're not a member of Palm Vista and you're visiting, thank you for being here. If you've been visiting for a long time but as of yet become a member, can I appeal to you? Would you consider what God is saying to you about joining Palm Vista? And I'm aware some of you are meaningfully involved in serving. But God has a commission for you, friend. You may not stand and swear an oath like John did and receive then the commission as an officer in the Air Force, but even more importantly, you're standing before God and His Word this morning. And it calls you to do something. It calls you to be a member somewhere. We'd love to have you here. So let's look at the mission. And it's going to be found in Luke chapter 24, verses 44 to 49. Luke chapter 24, verses 44 to to 49. Luke has been a friend of ours for the last few months. We have been reading volume two of his history of the church. That's called Acts. But volume one is his gospel, the gospel of Luke. So reading from the gospel of Luke, chapter four, verses 44 to 49, we're going to hear the mission, our mission together, the commission of God for us. Luke 24:44 please Then he Jesus said to them the disciples These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the psalms must be fulfilled Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer And on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. There's our commission, friends. There's the great commission. It's found elsewhere, most famously in Matthew 28, 19 to 20. But there's Luke's version of the great commission. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Lord, I pray that you anoint me to proclaim you this morning. If there are unbelievers in this auditorium, that this gospel would reach their hearts by your spirit and convert them. And Lord, for the majority of us who are believers, it would motivate us to participate fully in your church fulfilling your commission together as your people at Palm Vista. In Jesus' name, amen. 
In these verses, the resurrected Lord Jesus opens the minds of his disciples to understand what the scriptures say about him. I wish I could have been there. And then commissions them to go and proclaim his name to all nations, in essence, to be his witnesses. This then is our mission, friends, to proclaim the Jesus the Lord Jesus, the risen, resurrected, reigning Lord Jesus from the scriptures. And to proclaim the truth, as it says in Luke 24, that he is the Messiah. He is the one who suffered and died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. And we're to proclaim, what does it say here in Luke 24? We're to proclaim repentance and forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name, to all the nations. Now, if you look at this passage in comparison with Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, the parallel version of the Great Commission, you will understand that we are called to preach Jesus, to proclaim repentance and forgiveness of sins in His name, and we're called to proclaim His authority. In fact, Matthew says it this way, make disciples of all the nations. A disciple is a learner, a follower, one who obeys. In fact, in the Matthew text, it says, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. So if you put these two together, the Great Commission, our commission, why did these people join Palm Vista Community Church? Because the Lord Jesus spoke something 2,000 years ago, and we are still obeying it by the power of the Spirit. We're preaching Jesus. We're calling people to obey Him, to worship Him, to become like Him, and to proclaim Him. Our mission statement as a church captures this commission in the following way. Jesus Christ is the gospel. We worship Him, we image Him, we proclaim Him. Jesus Christ is the gospel. We worship him, we image him, we proclaim him. This is simply our efforts as a a church to try to boil down the doctrine and the Bible truth that this is our mission together. And you can't worship, image, and proclaim Jesus apart from the church. Impossible. Because we worship, image, and proclaim him together as a body. It's a corporate, it's the new man. In our series on Ephesians that preceded our current series on Acts, we spoke of this new man that Jesus created. And it's, it's us here. The local individual expression of that is us here, Palm Vista Community Church. It's all the Bible-believing churches that speak and teach the truth of the gospel. All of those believers. We're the new man. We're that body of Christ. And this is our mission together. Now, the emphasis on the Luke version of the Great Commission is on proclamation. As is the follow-on volume, volume two of Luke's work, Acts. Jesus commissions us to go and proclaim his name to all nations, calling them to worship Jesus, to image Jesus, disciples who obey his commands, and proclaim Jesus. And this is only possible, friends, 
as we receive the promise of the Father. If you recall, at the end of the Luke 24 passage, in verse verse 49, he says, Wait until you are clothed with power from on high. So in his follow-on volume, in Acts 1.8, we hear that promise made again. Look at Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. This is sort of the cliff notes of the Great Commission. He's reminding them, before you can go fulfill this commission, you must receive something. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. And when the power of the Holy Spirit comes, you'll be my witnesses. Jesus promises us power. Do you believe his promise? Do you believe that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you receive power, you receive God himself? May I remind you of what Psalm 8 communicated to us about God's name. And if you weren't here after the first worship song, let me encourage you to get here for the first worship song. Before the first worship song. But after the first worship song, I gave a pastoral exhortation from Psalm 8. And in that exhortation, which is about God's name, I said this, God's presence, God's greatness means God's nearness and his care for every detail of your life individually and our life together as a church. God the Holy Spirit comes, he comes upon us to fulfill God the Son's commission of us. So God the Holy Spirit comes so that we might fulfill God the Son's commission to proclaim his name, to make disciples in Jesus' name, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. God wants to encourage all of us this morning, dear friends. He wants to encourage you, dear faithful servant of Palm Vista, you who carry the burden of Jesus' commission for us to build a church that worships Jesus and images Jesus and proclaims Jesus. God will give us power to keep building with joy and with faith. God the Spirit, He is upon you to enable you to keep serving in the children's ministry with joy, to keep working on the setup team to keep ushering and greeting and offering hospitality and studying Jesus' commands in Bible 45 and serving in Starting Point, our new members class. As you look to Jesus and trust that it is He who sends the Spirit upon us to empower us and to change our lives. Oh, dear servant of Palm Vista, God sees your service. God has an eye for every detail of what you do here at Palm Vista. He has an eye for every detail of what this church needs. That's what Psalm 8 taught us, that the great God, creator of all the universe, is mindful of lowly man. God's greatness is God's nearness. God's greatness is his ability to look at every detail of your life and mine, and this church's life. And when we feel overwhelmed, when we feel confused, when we feel like the details are jumbled all up into one another, God says, I've got them. I've got my eye on you. Every detail. Do you believe that? 
Or are you stressing that you've got to cover every detail and if not, the whole thing falls apart? Oh, friend, he's got every detail in his eye. You who serve Palm Vista. So receive his power afresh. Receive fresh faith and creative ideas and renewed vision and the ability to motivate others by grace to join us. Can I be frank with you? We need people to help us in the nursery right now. That's just a need we have. I pray that the Spirit of God would move some of you, longtime members who have not served in the nursery, for whatever reason. Would you consider, by the grace of God, to help us? We've got a lot of babies. See, the, the goal isn't to serve. The goal is to build a church that worships images and proclaims Jesus. But that goal requires us to enable parents with children to be able to come in and listen to the message. Bible 45, to be able to sit quietly and listen as Corey teaches on marriage. So I just, I pray that the Spirit would just motivate you with fresh joy and power. When the Spirit comes upon you, you will have power. You need power to care for children in nursery. (laughs) But he'll give it. And you're proclaiming the gospel and you're imaging Jesus because you're coming to not be served, but to serve. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. So I pray for that. He'll give us encouragement this morning, friends, as the power of the Spirit comes upon us afresh. Now, if you look in the text, that's exactly what happened to the believers. Look at Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, the reigning Lord Jesus sends the promised Holy Spirit to empower and embolden once fearful and timid disciples. Peter, who some weeks earlier literally denied Jesus to a little servant girl at a bonfire, stands up in the temple, in the center of Jewish life, and proclaims in the face of the Jewish authorities who could have him killed, he boldly proclaims Jesus and he calls the Jews to repentance. Look at Acts 2, 36. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain, this is Peter's first sermon, that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Now listen to what Peter says. Peter obeys the Lord's commission in Luke 24. Because Peter didn't back down. Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter is simply obeying the Great Commission. When John Neal was commissioned, as when I was commissioned, we raised our hands, we swore before God and men that we would defend the Constitution of the United States from all enemies, foreign and domestic. And when Jesus commissioned Peter, he says, Peter, you boldly go and you preach repentance in my name and forgiveness of sins in my name. By the way, both of those things are what got Jesus killed. You can't forgive sins unless you're God. I'm God. Kill him. But then he rose from the dead. And then he took this timid guy, Peter, who denied him before a servant girl and stood him up in the center of all power of that nation and said, this is what you saw here is Jesus whom you killed, God raised from the dead. What do we do? Repent 
And for a Jew to be baptized means you agreed, you were wrong, Jesus was right. For the forgiveness of your sins, 3,000. Now, all through Acts, we're going to be studying this, and we've already studied it. Apostles like Peter? Yes. Humble servants like Stephen? Yes. Philip? Yes. As a matter of fact, look at Philip. Men that were transformed by the empowering Holy Spirit. Look at Philip in Acts 8. You'll have to skip probably at least one slide on this one. Look at Acts 8.12. Philip, who's simply a servant. He's not an apostle. He's just one of us. And the Holy Spirit sends him to a place called Samaria. And look what happens here. Acts 8.12. But when they believed Philip... As he preached good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, the name of Jesus Christ, the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon himself believed, and after being baptized, he continued with Philip and seeing signs and great miracles performed, and he was amazed. And then drop down to chapter 8, verse 35. God sends Philip away from that revival in Samaria some 80, 90, 100 miles away, and he says, go to the desert, and I want you to preach to one man. Acts 8.35, Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, that was in Isaiah, the servant passage in Isaiah 53, and beginning with this scripture, he told him, an Ethiopian eunuch, a government official from Ethiopia, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. And the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. So Philip, having preached the full gospel to this Ethiopian eunuch, the suffering servant, Jesus as Messiah, repent, believe for the forgiveness of your sins. Spirit of God saves this man. This man is then baptized, as Jesus said, proclaim me, teach them to obey all I command you, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He does that. And look what happens. He comes out of the water, but Philip found himself at Azotus. And as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Do you see a pattern here? These men, empowered and emboldened by the Spirit, proclaimed repentance and forgiveness in Jesus' name. And as folks believed, they were baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. They were, they were, God said, now you're part of my family, my people. That's why Christine, Chelsea, Jasmine, and the Neals joined Palm Vista Community Church. It's this ancient commission from the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, it's the same Holy Spirit who empowers and emboldens us today to proclaim repentance and forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name. And he is still saving. I'm praying for converts here in our community. A community with 2% who go to church, to a Bible-believing church. 2% in South Florida. What a mission field. Jesus is still sending his disciples. He's still saving his elect. 
He's still calling us to baptize them, that they might join the church, might, might repent and believe. He's still calling us to teach them all that Jesus commanded them, to make disciples of all the nations. The Christines, the Chelsea's, the Jasmine, the Neils, they're joining together with us to be able to do that, to fulfill the mission. Our mission together as a church. To build a church that worships Jesus, that images Jesus, and that proclaims Jesus. I'm aware that some of you this morning may be weary in the mission. We are on mission with the gospel, aren't we, church? And some of us have been on mission with the gospel for 16 years. We celebrated our 16th anniversary as a church last Sunday. I know, it was a quiet celebration. But we did 15 up really, really good, so took a break at 16. But, but some of you would say, Al, I lack a little juice right about now. Juice? What are you talking about? Well, let me explain the term, I lack some juice. Lack some juice. As some of you may know, I enjoy college football. And there is a certain coach that used to coach at a certain school that I appreciate called the University of Florida. And his name, his name is Urban Meyer, though he's no longer coaching there. And he had a saying that I thought was really interesting. He would say, you know, guys, we really had some juice out there today. Juice out there today. And and what he meant by that is this. In this particular game, on this particular Saturday, in that particular environment, we had an unusual sense of energy, strength, cohesiveness. We had juice. You can use other metaphors. There was an electricity there. But, but let's face it, for some of us, we kind of lack some juice this morning. I mean, we've been at this for a while. We're grateful for what God has done. But we, 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 we lack a dynamism, an energy, a, a focus. I'd, I'd say it's safe to say that perhaps... There are more than one or two of us that are in that place right about now. The Holy Spirit comes to us this morning to give us juice. I can't give you juice. I can't give you faith and power and hope and zeal for the Lord and His church in the mission. I I, I can't give you that desire to want to serve our children, though it is difficult, and though you're going to miss a sermon or two. I can't put that in your heart to say, I want to be like Jesus. I want a church that images him. And he said, I've come not to be served, but to serve. I can't do that. But the Holy Spirit can, and God can through his word. And I'm asking the Lord, Lord, give us some juice here this morning. Now I realize juice can also mean other things for those of you, you know. But You understand what I'm saying? A fresh dynamic, a fresh zeal, a buzz, if you want to use that term. Do you need juice this morning? I mean, think of your refrigerator. So here's sort of another way of thinking about it. Think of your refrigerator. Think of fruit in your refrigerator. I'm not going to use juice in a different way. Are you that fresh, plump, juicy grapefruit? Or perhaps an orange? 
in the front of the fruit bin, a vital, vibrant, eager member of Palm Vista Community Church, ready to build together and provide refreshment for others? Or have you subtly moved to the back of the fruit bin? You know, you find yourself resembling more that old, shriveled, dried-up orange, hidden in the very back of that fruit bin, unable to refresh others because, quite frankly, you yourself have no more juice. Oh, friends, Jesus is here to give us juice, to give us his spirit in abundance. I don't disciple anybody. You don't disciple anybody. The Spirit of God disciples people. The Spirit of God changes people. The Spirit of God calls people. The Spirit of God saves people. But He uses us. And if we forget that, we become dried up oranges. Exhausted trying to make it happen. Exhausted trying to keep the church together, you know. and You know, like corralling cats, you know. Just like... Sorry if you love cats. You understand what I'm saying? You know, Al, I've got this ministry. I'm, I, I, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to serve God in the church somehow. And, 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 and no one responds to my emails. And when I call them, they don't call me back. And, and when I come on Sunday morning, they either come later or they don't come at all. And I'm just tired. Or, or Al, I'm, I'm in my community group and I'm, in a, I'm trying to disciple these folks. And, and it's just, it's tough. Their, their marriage, their life, their parenting, it just seems like things are falling apart. I'm, I'm trying to catch it all. I'm trying to keep it all together. And... And I'm just tired. I'm like, and I, th- I believe the Holy Spirit, God wants to say, listen, I provide the juice. Do you believe that? If I think I make it happen, my service at this church will quickly grow grumpy, kind of a little snarky. I don't know what that word means, but I've heard it before. Just throwing it out there. Withered, shriveled, you know, just kind of like walking down the hallway with a little bit of a on my face. Serve the Lord over there. Hurry up, get move that. I'm just, I'm like walking around like this shriveled up little orange. You know those old oranges in the back of the refrigerator. You really want an orange, and you grab it and you cut it, and it's just look shriveled, nothing. You squeeze it, and like two drops come out. And God says, let me fill you with the Spirit. So I walk around this plump orange, you know, I like the King Orange, Jamboree Orange, you know, and boo, I'm just like, juice is oozing out of me. I know it's a little gross, but just try to stay with the juice thing. I mean, you just, t- you, you just touch me, and I, and I fill up half of a glass of juice, metaphorically speaking. I'm the kind of person that you like to be around because I'm refreshing, rather than the one that is exhausting. God wants to change us, church, to be a church that is oozing with the juice of the Holy Spirit. I know, it's hard. You look at it, you go, all I see is a refrigerator filled with little shriveled, you know, oranges from like, you know, I don't know, Pakistan or something that have, you know, been on a ship for five years. I don't know where that, it just comes, okay? That was not in the notes. But seriously, here's the deal. The goal is not serving. Do you hear me? The goal is not the goal of this thing isn't to whip up some people to go serve in the nursery. That's not the goal. That is not the goal. The goal isn't to have a perfectly oiled machine. 
The goal is, goal? The goal is not to have a Sunday morning where there's no problems at all. There's going to be problems. Right? We're all involved. It's messy. Here's the goal, guys. The goal is that commission right there. The goal is a church that worships Jesus and images Jesus and teaches people to obey everything that he commands and then walks that out imperfectly together and then proclaims Jesus. That's the goal. And guess who gave us that goal? Jesus. So guess who's going to empower us to fulfill that goal? Jesus. He promised it in Acts 1.8. He sent the Holy Spirit as the reigning and throne Lord Jesus. And that spirit is still here today. Jesus is still enthroned over the heavens. He's still looking at his church. He sees Palm Vista and he sees us with all of our imperfections. And he says, I love you. You're my bride. I love you. And he wants us to love her as he loves her. That's the goal. Where's your heart? I mean, people join clubs all the time. This isn't a club. People join places all the time. Join, you know, a workout place. Join a service club. Join a business association. Those are all fine and good. You're not joining a club so you can get something out of it. You're following Jesus so he can use you to build his church by the power of his spirit. Because apart from him, all we bring here are shriveled up oranges. But he transforms us into plump, juicy oranges. And together we make orange juice. And hopefully that one worked. And uh, you understand what I'm saying? All right. See, friends, he empowers us as members to lay down our agendas to serve with joy in the children's ministry for a month, maybe a couple of times a year or to come help Enzo in the morning to set up, or to participate in community group. It is as we invest in his mission and gather faithfully that we are filled afresh with the Spirit. I love the way the Scriptures teach that, and Corey taught it. You don't get filled with the Spirit sitting somewhere waiting for it. You get filled with the Spirit as you go. Read the Scriptures. As they were going, they were filled. As they were moving forward, they were filled. It takes faith to go. He'll fill you as you go. As we have said before, if you want to be hit by a truck, you stand in the middle of the freeway. You're not going to get hit by a truck sitting on the front row here of this church. You're not. You will if you go stand on the Palmetto. And in the same way, if you want to be filled afresh with the Spirit, you go and serve. You go to community group on a Wednesday night where perhaps you're a little tired and maybe you'd like to go out and do something else, but you say, you know what, this is like twice a month and then perhaps we have a community outreach, community group outreach. You know, like last night we had a community group outreach and quite frankly, I wanted to sit home and watch the Baltimore Ravens play the Denver Broncos. Can I just admit that right there to you? (laughs) And we were a little silent as we were driving to the community group outreach last night, weren't we, Desi? (laughs) And then we got to the Dolphin Mall, and there was like 14 million people trying to find a parking space at the Dolphin Mall. But you know what happened when I got there? Yes, the the game was on a a TV, and I did watch that a little bit. But but eventually, (laughs) full disclosure here. But listen, my friends started showing up. And, you know, everybody's quirky, and there was fun times, and, and, you know, there was a little mix-up at the beginning, a little bit of irritation, a little bit trying to get this one on the text. But once we got together, how do I explain this to you? It's like the spirit flowed, guys. I, I drove home saying, I don't deserve this. I'm a selfish guy 
who just wants to do my own thing. But when I just give a little, I, mean, I drove an air-conditioned car to go hang out with people and have food. How tough is that? But I wanted to sit in my living room in my shorts watching the game. And I just said, I'm going to die to that. I'm going to go. It was, it was glorious, guys. It's glorious. The Spirit met us. We even got to give a card to one of the servers who lives in Miami Lakes and let's see if she comes in. It's not complicated, is it? It's hard. It's not complicated. As we invest in the Spirit, in, in these things, and the Spirit meets us, and He's found in the sweet fellowship around God's Word or in an event with the community group out in the, in the community to, to share. When we get with His saints on a Sunday morning, or perhaps you're going to go have lunch with someone this afternoon or tonight. He's here. What was that sound? <laughs> He's here. Jesus sends his spirit to give us courage and the words to speak in evangelism, which at times is scary. I will grant you that. And I have been doing precious little evangelism, that type of evangelism lately. I want to do more. I'm praying to do more. I was able to do it providentially at a wedding on Friday night, right? Because I was the guy doing the wedding, so I had a choice. Am I going to preach the gospel, which is what you do at a wedding, even though virtually no one here is a believer, or am I going to play it safe and I preach the gospel? But, you know, sadly, sometimes when I have the choice and no one's looking, sometimes I don't. So I want to pray that the Spirit fill me afresh with boldness to open my mouth and preach the gospel. That the Spirit give us faith to give the tithe in these financially challenging times. He gives us the Spirit to refresh us so we serve with joy. We serve willingly for the mission. Our mission together is to worship, image, and proclaim Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit calling people to repent and believe in Jesus, to obey all that he taught us, and to be joined to the body. Yes, this church. You need to join this church, or a church, that preaches the gospel. Jesus would tell you that if he's here. He is here. Through his word, he's telling you that. Will you obey? Will you live for him? Or will you play it safe? Slide in, slide out, no real commitment. It's not biblical Christianity. And it won't build the church. God wants to empower us and refresh us for the mission. So let's, let's end the message with this prayer in Acts 4, 29 to 31. For boldness to speak Jesus' name, the name of God. And for God to stretch out his hand to heal with signs and wonders performed through Jesus' name. So let's read it together and I'll close in prayer. I've gone a little bit long so we won't have singing afterwards. But let's, just, let's close with this text. Acts 4.29. And now, Lord. So if you, would just, if you wouldn't mind, just have a prayerful heart because we're really praying this before the Lord. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you, Lord, Lord, you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Amen, Father. In Jesus' name we pray this. If you look this way let me just bless you this blessing comes from jude one beloved may you be built up in your most holy faith praying in the holy spirit keeping yourselves in the love of god waiting for the mercy of our lord jesus that leads to eternal life and may he in his mercy give you grace give you grace 
And to him who is able, dear friends, to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory and majesty and dominion and authority before all time, now and forevermore. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. God bless you. If you're a guest, I'd love to say hi to you right through these doors. Thank you for coming this morning.